1: Today is Thursday, December 22nd, and this is Celtics Beat here on CLNS Media, the leading online provider of audio-video coverage of your Boston Celtics. Evan Valenti filling in for Adam Kaufman today. Episode 492, Creeping Closer to 500, featuring CLNS Media's and Boston Sports Journal's Bobby Manning. It's powered by BetOnline.ag. Go to BetOnline.ag today. Use the pro- CL- promo code excuse me, clns fifty for a 50% bonus on your first deposit. Welcome in, everybody. Evan Valente filling in for Adam Kaufman here on a Thursday. Uh, the plan is to drop this episode on Thursday. If it doesn't get into your inboxes and your whatever you listen to podcasts on, if you don't get it until Friday, it's probably because uh, – I'm a little sick, a little under the weather right now, and I had to take a nap. So full disclosure, uh I had tested positive for COVID this morning, so if I do cough and stuff, that's why. But we're going to get through this thing as best as we possibly can. And because I have COVID this morning, I had to bring in the big guns. Uh He has the best mustache on the beat. He rocks the turtleneck better than anybody else in the media today. It's our very own Bobby Manning. Bobby, what's good,
0: buddy? Hey, good to talk to you, Evan. Good to be back. Good
1: to have you back, buddy. It's been a bit. It's been a while. You've been crushing it on the the Celtics post game shows on CLS Media, which continue to be just the absolute juggernaut of the and I don't mean to like disparage my show and Adam's show. We do our own thing, but you guys are an absolute juggernaut over there. I love it.
0: Yeah, it's it's nice to be able to talk to each other like three, four times a week. It's funny, uh when I'm watching inside the NBA and not to compare the two, but like <laughs> you spend to, that...
1: us to, to inside the NBA, which is the best show on TV right now. <laughs> yeah. But
0: you, you spend <laughs> that much time with, uh with, you know, three people that, you know, we're always texting on the side. We're always going back and forth, even throughout the week when we're not in the air, but then we are on the air like three, four times a week. So it, it's just the amount of time we spent together over three years now. And the uh ups and downs that we've had through the show there, it's, it's been really fun. And, a lot of people, you know, we're at the Garden and stuff, and a lot of people, like, know the show and, like, come up to us and are like, hey, we love it and blah, 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 and that's pretty cool. So, you know, we've seen that in different cities. Um, Obviously, in Boston, we hear from a lot of people, a lot of fans. So uh, it's it's grown a lot, and, you know, we really appreciate everyone who watches not only that show but Celtics Beat and everything we've got going on here at CLNS.
1: We're at the Juggernaut, folks. Let me tell you, it's a lot of fun going on here, but we know what's not fun this is what the Celtics have been doing lately. Uh, coming off a loss last night, Indiana Pacers 117, 112, the final score from TD Garden. Almost another miraculous comeback at the Garden. Um, and we'll, we'll kind of get into that. But if you look at the game script last night, and again, a lot of people like myself, Bobby probably included, frustrated with first half. Boston's out to a good start. Uh, everybody's feeling confident. The energy is good. The offense is flowing. And then all of a sudden, I got to tell you, the wheels fell off. Indiana hits everything. Boston can't hit a single shot. Turning the ball over. Sloppy defense. I mean, I don't know how many times last night guys missed assignments, which led to Pacers players getting wide-open dunks and wide-open layups. One night, At one point, Bobby, last night, the Pacers got a layup in transition off a Celtics make, which I'm pretty sure I've never seen before in my life. And if I have, I blacked it out. Chris Duarte had a great game. Tyrese Halliburton was absolutely outrageous in this game. Um those guys the second half specifically were pretty lethal. Duarte had the bank in three in the left at the buzzer to end the third quarter as Boston was kind of climbing back. Halliburton all throughout the night was unbelievable. Bobby, did the did the almost comeback last night make you rethink the entire game, or was last night just an absolute tire fire?
0: There are some things I'll pull from the second half that I liked, but I'm wondering if it's going to carry forward for them. The Rob stuff's encouraging. He looks great. Last night, he actually looked like Rob to me for the first time since he's been back. 22 minutes, he's, he's out there playing alongside Horford in the final stretch. They had a 93 defensive rating after halftime, so they figured something out there, but I asked Jason after if you know they can hang their hat on defense given that they've been so up and down on that end this year and they haven't uh, instilled a lot of principles of connectivity and he thinks they can but they just didn't show the effort to do so in the first half and if that happened on a one off you'd be like all right whatever they just didn't get up for this game but to lose four or five coming in have a couple of days off have a practice on Tuesday and to not show up for the entirety of that first half It was startling and you're not really getting great answers in terms of what's going wrong uh, what can address these things and that level of optimism and I don't want to say disregard but just you know overlooking a lot of the things that are going wrong right now from Joe Missoula there's a lot of frustration among the fans right now that you're hearing in terms of the job he's doing right now and I don't think it all falls on him but you do kind of want to see him even if it's privately set a little tougher tone and you start to dig into some of these problems a little bit because they're festering. Like again, you go back to the Warriors game a week and a half ago, two weeks, almost the, the response to that is it's one out of 82, but then it becomes two against the Clippers, bad offense that night, almost becomes three against the Lakers. And still that optimistic tone just running throughout. No one really stepping up and saying, we got to shake this off. We got to Get out of this streak right now that we're in. And Again, Wednesday was concerning. Like, that's the one that really stands out because you think that's when this team against a smaller opponent, a team that doesn't play great defense in Indiana, you'd be able to make a statement there and come out and really get an emphatic win. And instead, that's as bad as they've looked in a first half all year. I think that's the worst half that they've played all year, Evan, if Not it, even unless low. they're getting one.
1: They're lucky. Boston's lucky that uh, the Nets are blowing out Golden State by 40 points at the half because that was the other very surprising. Uh, result of the first half, uh, Wednesday night, Boston was in an absolute, uh, tire fire of a game, getting absolutely blown out at home against again, it's not like the the Pacers are a feel good story. I'm not saying the Pacers aren't the, aren't a great team. Um, they're a feel good story. They're, they've come out of nowhere to win a bunch of games. Halliburton's been again, outrageously good. Um, but they're, you know, they're not the top. Level of the Eastern Conference, they're not Boston and Milwaukee. And if you want to throw the Cavs in there, totally fine with that. If you want to throw Brooklyn in there, the way they're playing lately, I'm also okay with that. But they're not—they're not quite there. They just don't have the talent to stack up. But Boston, it, it, I mean, the first half alarming. I—I I, I mean, the—the the fact that they weren't hitting shots, I think, compounded the fact that they weren't playing great defense. Because if they, I think, almost Bob, I'm glad you kind of brought this up. It almost feels like. I mean, how many times in the first part of the season? And I, I was going to save this, but we might as well get into this now because the way this is gone, right? The difference between November and December for the Celtics, right? November fourteen and two, they were ridiculous. They were had the most efficient offense in NBA history, right? They were ridiculous, and it almost felt like. It didn't matter what happened on defense because they were just going to come back down to score anyway. Like, who cares? Like, we'll get a stop or two and we need it. But, like, we're just going to keep scoring. So, you can't keep up with us. There's no no reason to focus as much on that end because we're going to blow the doors off you. And for, you know, 16 games and 14-2, and two, that was the case. They were just absolutely steamrolling everybody. Here we are in December. Shots aren't falling, Bobby. The shots just aren't falling. Last night, first half was another indication of that. It, it, they were... Missing open looks. They were taking tough shots because they were getting frustrated. They were avoiding the rim at all costs with the exception of Jason Tatum because of Miles Turner's presence in the middle. Um, so they just weren't getting really layups. They weren't pushing in transition, so they weren't getting easy baskets. Everything was in that half-court slog. They, they just couldn't get any good momentum going. And it almost felt like, it was like oh, we don't need to worry about the defensive end because offensively, like we're going to figure this out. It's interesting to me that they flipped it. Basically with their defense, as they started to mount this comeback, a couple of stops leads to the good offense, leads to you being able to set your, de- like that's the thing that other people think a lot of it, uh, a lot of this. When you make a shot, you get to go back and set your defense. Boston making shots makes their life in the defensive end a lot easier, but like, it just felt like a team in the first half, Bobby, that was like, we're just going to not worry about defense because offensively we'll make them eventually. And then all of a sudden it's a 30 point lead for the Pacers and everybody's trying to figure out what the hell's going on.
0: Yeah. And that's tracked throughout the year. It goes back to training camp when Joe was like, all right, we've, we've done, we've accomplished what we need to accomplish on defense. We're going to start to look at the offense now and you know, credit to him. They have developed a lot of sets and habits on that end. and, Uh, different roles for guys that led to it being the best offense ever in terms of offensive rating in the start of the season. And they needed that after a postseason where they were just dead on that end for large stretches of each different series. I think they finished 11th in offensive rating out of 16 playoff teams. So they needed to shake it up on that end. They need to emphasize that end in camp, but that's about all their focus was in camp, looking back on it and early in the season and throughout their games and those winning stretches, as you said, Uh, and, Every time the defense got brought up, which did lag in the bottom half of the league, they're in the top 10 now, but you're still going through these lapses and quarters or halves or wherever you uh, find this team slipping up a little bit here. Timely moments in games, even late in games. You you look at it and you see them disconnected. Uh, You see them playing drop early and sort of letting teams take jump shots and kill them with that early in the season. They've gone back towards some switching, but... Guys are getting disconnected on that end. And then on Wednesday, it's Brogdon losing cutters. Brown's been losing cutters all year. And that's really become like the black eye on his defense. A a defensive game that I think could be great, uh, but sometimes just lacks the awareness and the effort and energy on that and to be great. I mean, look back at that Brooklyn game. He has four blocks. He's all over the place. And then last night, he's him and Brockton are just kind of lost on that end. And it does go back to effort. That's the word you keep hearing. Tatum's talking about not having fun. Smart's talking about guys getting down on themselves. And Brown has talked throughout the year of missed shots leading to worse defense for this team, not getting back. Last night, they started chasing offensive rebounds. So the Pacers really started killing them in transition there. Rob's return was supposed to turn things around to some degree and I think when he's played it has but all along I was like are you really just going to look at Rob coming back and say that's going to be what it what it is like that's all it's going to take for this defense to flip a switch because they didn't have Rob for a lot of the playoffs last year certainly a healthy Rob and they were still matching the defensive reign that they put up during the regular season and now it just doesn't seem to be part of their identity. It Doesn't seem to be part of their focus night in and night out. Guys are getting beat individually as a team. That they're not always connected. And at the rim, sometimes they get torched. And this last week, it's been rebounding. I thought they did a great job gang rebounding throughout November. Now Jalen Smith and Mo Wagner and all these different guys that they've seen over the last week here zubash uh, Davis. These guys have just pounded them on the boards and they haven't had a great response now guys have been in and out of the lineup you missed Tatum Sunday you missed Smart Wednesday I'm sure that hasn't helped either but right now if something's wrong feels like it's a little more than just a cold streak for this team though it's certainly that too and they're gonna have to pull themselves out of it fast because this could get this could really start to undermine that whole start and have as big of an effect as that great, you know, 22 and seven or whatever run it was to start the year had because they're already out of first place. Milwaukee passed them last night.
1: Yeah, they, they were 18 and four in their first 22 games. It was pretty unbelievable. I do want to push back a little bit on the defense. I mean, I think, you know, they weren't great defensively in the first half. Uh, second half much better. I think what was it, ninety three Well, second
0: half showed their potential for sure. Right.
1: Yeah. Right. But another a big other part of this, that I want to shout out Bill Sai uh, on Twitter. Uh, deliberate picks. Uh, P I X. Um, to kind of put the perspective of like how cold Boston is, uh, out there for the whole world again. He did a great job looking this up. Over the last six games, Boston on wide open shots is forty nine of one forty nine, which is thirty three percent. On wide open shots, 53 of 140. And I forget the parameters of what's wide open and what's open. Like 3 to 5 feet and 5 plus, right? I think is the the two way they they divide that up. I think. I could be wrong about that. But it's something like that. Anyway, uh, their opponents are shooting significantly better. 71%. No, it's not 71%. 71 of 160 for 45%. And then wide open, uh, 55 of 118, which is 47%. Now, two things here. One. Their opponents are getting more open shots than them. So to your credit, like, defensively, they have found some of their footing, but they still have some problems over the last six games. Like, their opponents are getting more wide open shots than they are, and that's usually not how you win basketball games. I'm not trying to, like, make it really complicated. I do think that's part of the problem. But also part of the problem is they're also just missing a bunch. And I I use this a lot in, like, people – I think people think that I'm almost joking half the time, and half the time I am. But one of my biggest criticisms sometimes is like, sometimes you just don't hit shots and sometimes that's because you're taking tough shots or sometimes like it just doesn't fall. Um, it's a combination of that lately, but like there's also points in the first half where you're just like, man, you just can't, you just can't buy a bucket. And there have been many stretches over the course of this where you just say, man, Boston. Outside of like Jason Tatum just can't throw it in the ocean right now. I mean, look at the way Brogdon's played lately. Derek White fell off a cliff. Uh, White's you
0: know, in a scary place right now. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Like some, some of the, like Brogdon last night, uh, Wednesday night took two of the most ill advised threes I think I've seen in a long time.
0: One. The transition one. Awful. Yeah.
1: Awful. I, 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 I was like, who, what, why? Like <laughs> what was the point of that? He had a
0: similar play in the Magic series, too, where he was, like, one-on-one in transition, just tossed it back to Hauser, and they launched a three. And that's what I don't love about this offense. I get it. The three, we can, you know, talk to Bob Ryan and have that conversation all day long. They live and die by the three a little bit, it feels like. And I haven't gone into the record in terms of, like, when they're above this percentage, below that percentage, but... They were shooting more threes now than they did through that great stretch, uh, and less at the rim, mid ranger You're not going to rely on that. I think it's just an easy place to go. I think they want to stay confident and keep firing from there, and when they have open looks, take them. But teams are also giving them more looks. Too white, too smart, too Horford. Like they're playing off those guys a little bit. It starts. It feels like, and the smart one especially. I think he has really tried to get the offense going in terms of rushing the ball up the floor, taking those looks aggressively and defenses are a little comfortable with that. You know, they don't want Tatum and Brown shooting. They're really starting to hedge on those guys and double them and get them off the ball. And early in the season, those guys were making shots at a ridiculous, ridiculous rate. And now uh, teams are starting to dare them to shoot a little bit. They're cutting off the rim. The Warriors did that great. The magic, that was their whole game plan. And now The ball is getting funneled to White, uh, to Horford, to Smart, those kind of guys. And they're just ice cold right now. Hauser, I think, is a little dejected uh, mentally in terms of his shooting behind the line. You can kind of see it in his body language. And those guys are just being put in these like really high-leverage spots in terms of shooting these wide-open looks. And they just keep missing them. And I think it's piling up on them. Uh, You want to see them get back to secondary dribble drives or cuts or some of these actions where you just don't always have to launch up to three the second you get it. And I think that's leading to a lot of those looks is settling. And, you know, every other number I see across the board offensively is pretty much stayed the same in terms of their approach, the amount of passes, the amount of drives, uh, potential assists, even turnovers, like turnovers aren't killing them any more than they were before.
1: Yeah. I, um, I noticed but, I was looking at stuff today. They're slightly up in turnovers, but it's not a huge, like, significant number
0: yeah what i see is teams stacking bodies at the rim making it tough for brown and tatum to get there forcing passes or tough shots either further out in the paint and uh, you know taking forcing those other guys the role guys to take threes and they are just ice cold right now and maybe that's just part of the regression to where they're going to end up but it does make you think in a playoff series if you're going to be this team that shoots half your shots from three and you're just relying on that drive and kick game almost exclusively, there's a risk you could end up being the 2019 Bucks and the 2018 Rockets and some of these teams that just went all in on three-point volume in terms of their regular season success, and it didn't quite translate to the postseason. You need that balance between basket looks and three-point looks. And all season, I've been looking at Boston's basket looks, and they're pretty low down there, you know. Part of that's Rob being out. Part of that's a five-out offensive running uh, Tatum and Brown. And sometimes smart really give them the only looks in there. So some of his personnel too. But they got to scheme this up a little bit to make it more balanced in terms of where they're getting their shots from.
1: Well, I'll even add, like, you know, some reason why they're taking more threes is because they're they're down and they're trying to hit home runs. That's
0: a good point how many, too,
1: yeah. How many times last night did a Brogdon three feel like, oh, he's just trying to, like, end this run. There was one, I think Tatum missed, like he missed a shot, Rob got the offensive rebound, kicked it back to Tatum, shot a three, he missed it, kicked it back out of the Tatum, then he hit the next one, like Tatum, because Tatum doesn't miss like two in a row, but it's almost like they're just shooting threes because they're just trying to hit home runs and trying to really cut in, and the the more you miss, the more you have to take, and it's almost like look, if you just like cut to the, not cut to the basket, but if you try to get easier shots, not only are you can get better three-point looks, but you don't have. There won't be as much pressure for you to hit all these threes to get back into this game. Like they, I don't know. So and I and I get why sometimes, just because like like Tatum last night could have taken any shot, I would not have cared. I was like, what does it matter? He's he's hitting a lot of shots today. Or if like you're having a Halliburton type of night, uh, doesn't matter what you're do, like. Just keep shooting. But some like a lot of these guys lately, like Brogdon went from shooting like. 50% and otherworldly efficiency from three point range to so now he's, you know, a little more. I think he, uh, this month he's 38%, which is uh, a, a huge drop. Him off. and
0: Grant have hung on a little bit.
1: Yeah. But I mean, Darren, everyone everyone I the tank. I yeah. forget what White's number is. I'm going to try and look it up real quick. He shot him. 0
0: for 7 from the field last night. And there was a moment where he was wide open in the left corner, kind of up faked against nobody. And the whole crowd was just like, ooh, like they could just tell. He was was hesitating out there a little bit. White this month
1: in 10 games is 26% from the field and 22% from three.
0: Yeah. And he was 45% from three to start the year, which just isn't Derek White. We know that. So he was sort of the reason, along with Horford, who was up near 50% that they were just otherworldly offensively and you knew it was going to come back down to earth at some point, they weren't going to keep doing that all year. unless they they were the new version of the warriors. And I always had a little bit of skepticism that that's who they were. Uh, and now we're seeing these guys come back to where they really are as shooters. So can I you, want, keep I want you to hold on, on
1: to that thought for a minute, because I do want to, I want to take a quick break for a second to say that basketball is back. Bet Online remains your number one source for all your sports betting needs this season. You'll always find the latest odds, team matchup info, player news, and game trends at Bet Online. And your continued source, they are Bet Online. For all sports wagering information, Bet Online features live betting, free contests, and live scores and giveaways all season long. I've been doing weird props on this show, if, if there are any. Will the Lakers trade Russell Westbrook? Uh, right now minus 225. No plus 160 bulls. Will they trade DeRozan? Little, I, I have a hard time seeing that. Bet online, uh, does not minus 175, but I've, I've been wrong before, but they have other bets with, across all of the sports. Doesn't matter which one it is. Just coming off the world cup, obviously to UFC, all those things, the fastest and easiest way to bet all your favorite sports and events, but NFL, NBA, NHL, MMA, tennis, boxing, and even golf. Head to betonline.ag to join and receive your 50% welcome bonus, to your first deposit. Make sure to use the promo code CLNS50 to receive your rewards. Bet online where the game starts. Uh, Evan wants you back with Bobby Manning. And Bobby, you were just getting into something that I, I had written down on the docket here. And it's two-thirds of the backcourt for the Celtics right now are playing not up to the standard. Uh, they set for themselves in the first month. You know, Brogdon – um, still shooting okay, but makes again, last night being a, a good example, just like some bizarre decisions sometimes. And then Derek White just like can't shoot right now. And I think it's def- affecting him also kind of the defensive end too. I'm not panicking yet as Bill Simmons would say, but it's not great when two of the three guys in your backcourt aren't playing well right now. And it's really like between that, um, and the lack of, you know, just jump shots going in is like killing me right now. But this, the backup guard play is 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 not great, as they say. And like, I'm just not sure if uh, you're panicking yet because of how poor it's been.
0: It's not about panicking. It's about the fact that this is sort of a title or bust year for this group and not necessarily bust, but this is one of your golden opportunities to win it all. When you look at the top of the league, you're right there in the mix with the Milwaukee and Golden State seems to be down. We'll see if they can get back up here, but the West, the top end of the West looks a little weak this year. So if you can get through that Milwaukee and even Cleveland, I'll throw them in that mix too. The, there seems to be a wide open path to a championship and you sort of already missed this golden opportunity against the Warriors team that you still look back on in that series and say they played great, but the Celtics sort of just beat themselves to some degree in that series with dysfunctional offense and uh, just inconsistent play through quarters. A lot of the stuff we're seeing now with this group. So You worry, I don't know, you panic, you worry just because these stretches seem to be ingrained in this team a little bit. Uh, The one-on-one play, the pressing, the disconnectedness, uh, and even just the reliance on jump shots and not having this huge presence at the rim outside of Tatum. Like This is stuff we've seen before from this group, uh, minus the turnovers, which is good. So will this pop up during the postseason? You could see it happening. I think there's sort of a, playbook out there in terms of putting size at the rim and really making it tough to get there that uh, this team struggles with we've seen it with Cleveland with Vucevic in Chicago Orlando and their big bodies at the rim and uh, the Pacers utilized it again with Jalen Smith and Miles Turner yesterday so that's I'm not it's not about panicking it's just you know the opportunity that's in front of this team The bar is high. I think you're going to have to play on an exceptional level on both ends of the floor to win a championship. You're not just going to coast there. So when we see this team fall short of that, you start to say, remember what you're playing for here. I know it's December and these games don't really matter. And we probably will look back on the stretch and say, like, oh, it's just a rough patch. That's sort of how they're looking at it right now, which is fine. But you do want to see some urgency on their end in terms of getting themselves out of it. And they just look a little dejected and lost right now. Right.
1: But I just I feel like uh, there there have been uh, some people out there um, that have have questioned both guys. I think uh, both Brogdon and White in terms of are they the right fits? Are they the right guys? And I think people asking that question at this point, I think are just are 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 just a little too antsy. I feel like to find some sort of like critical flaw in this team, and and I think like. Everybody has bad stretches. The white stuff, I think, I guess I'd say I'm a little more concerned about white than I'm about Brogdon. Um, but I, I just feel like, again, everybody's going to have bad stretches. It just isn't going to happen. I'm, I'm of the belief that this will turn around somewhat quickly here. I think that they know, and you know, we'll talk about the upcoming schedule, but they know that Milwaukee's coming in a few days and they're going to get blown out of the gym if they don't, if if they don't come focused enough. I have have a feeling that it might be one of the best games in a while. Just because you can't you can't take it easy on Milwaukee at any point. You know what I mean? Like,
0: just And, can't. and they match up well with them. I think Milwaukee has a lot of weaknesses. I've even started to say, I, I'm starting to like Cleveland a little bit more in the East than Milwaukee. As much respect as I have for Giannis and that group there. So I think that is a good matchup for Boston. Obviously, they've played better on the national stage. They righted themselves fast in that Lakers game down the stretch in uh, just this dramatic way. And Tatum continues to play great. There was just another ridiculous performance from him as far as scoring the ball goes on Wednesday. So there's some things to make you feel good about them. Brown needs to get right. I'll throw him in that mix with White and Brogdon, as you say there. It's baffling decisions, loose with the ball. And it sounds like you beat down on him, but it's stuff we see repeatedly now with him that just needs to tighten up at some point. The off ball reads that he misses on defense they pile up and he's starting to show some frustration too, obviously with the officiating and how it's going against them there. But he played great to start this year by getting that shot off quick, being a finisher around the rim, running out in transition, especially after stops is something this team has missed lately. And that's what bolted him into the all NBA conversation. And now he's starting to hit one of those ruts again, where the ball just keeps slipping away from him, And, you know, yeah, I, Yeah, I think you gotta give him some credit for his free throw shooting too. That's gotten much better here, but you're looking for some more stable play from him, especially on a night where Tatum's out like Sunday, Wednesday. I thought he just kind of botched a handful of possessions around the rim, threw that pass way over Tatum's head during the comeback in the fourth. So that wasn't his best night either. And you know, he's got to start to really tighten up and I think just slow down a little bit at times. Like when it goes wrong for him, it just sort of seems to spiral. And I think he gets in his own head and starts to overthink things a little bit when he has ball handlers everywhere on this team for him to rely on. And he can be a cutter who's just devastating out there. They miss smart. They really do when he's not out there. And yeah, I agree with some of the, some of the ball time goes to Brown. And when you think of like making good decisions and leading the offense and keeping things in control, there's a massive gap between what smart's capable to do in that role and what Brown is even progged to some degree. Well,
1: Marcus is a better distributor of the basketball than Jalen is, but Jalen does a lot of things. I when they're when they're fully operational, it almost feels like you know Jalen does take a little bit more, not a little bit more, but he's just a little bit better at, more adept at, you know, making better reads and better plays. I'm not. I don't think Jalen is just. I, I think he's come a long way in a, in like pretty much every facet of his game, and I think people are getting hypercritical of of pointing out like maybe one of the only, he doesn't have too many flaws. He just, he gets maybe a little have of himself every once in a while. But I, I, I almost feel like people, they hear that. I mean, unless you're, unless you're trying to like throw a bunch of heat here, Bobby, like I don't, I don't, I think Jalen's been amazing this year. I think he's been arguably all NBA. He's going to be an all-star. Uh He has the longest streak of 20 point games in the league, right?
0: Yeah. No scoring, scoring. You can't question him at all. He's been incredibly efficient. Uh, great aggressive shot from the mid range that I think is a nice change of pace for this team at times. And then some of his finishing around the rim outside of Wednesday, where I think that was just an off game for him. Uh, He's, he's been deadly in there and I think this team needs his aggression at times, particularly when they're behind, he's been able to work them back into some games. He's been great, but again, I'm holding this team to a massively high standard and some of the looser moments for him on both ends of the floor, just need to be cut down just a little bit. I mean, he's got, what, three turnovers a game this year? It's a little high for a guy that doesn't always have the ball all the time. So, again, I'm nitpicking. I'll nitpick across the board here with this team just because, again, I think they really have a great opportunity in front of themselves. And when you see them slip in moments like these, you, you want to see them get back on track faster than they have right now. And, uh you know, when I think you made a great point in terms of, like, the, the three-point shooting when they're behind, starting to press a little bit. I think you are seeing some guys, and this is everybody, sort of try to score one on one, go right at the defense individually rather than do a lot of the movement and action that they did earlier in the year because they're trying to get back and someone's trying to make a play. And that can lead to turnovers. That can lead to poor shots. it from Tatum last night, he had that long too late in the game. So yeah, I think they're just, they're just in a rut right now. And I think everybody's trying to figure out their own way to, get them right, and that can look a little disconnected, I think, visually watching the game. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So, whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a
1: All lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Did we talk about Rob Williams enough? Cause I, I forgot the joy watching Rob Williams brings when you just get to watch him play basketball and just do all these unbelievably stupid things that nobody else can really do. I mean, he's, you know, like, the, his first game, he was a little jumpy, you know? Uh, but, he also did, like, six things in that game. And I'm like, I can't believe that he can do this. And he's – the fluidity, you know, it's starting to come back. The the timing's starting to come back. And it's just like, man, this is – he is such a unique player because he is long, athletic, jumps out of the gym, has great IQ on both – like, on both ends for the most part. He's just an unbelievably fun player to watch. And, and if he can just stay healthy for this team, he just unlocks a whole new level for them. But, man – He's been just a, an absolute treat, man. I got to tell you, I, I didn't even get to talk about him, So I I felt like I needed him. He's,
0: he's the cherry on top. You think everything they have, he adds the rim protection, the super efficient looks at the rim, even a dose of passing. I wish they'd just throw it to him more. Just let him make a play. There was a nice one over the weekend where they just got it to him in the low post, fired out to Brogdon, Brogdon and Hauser for a three. I think he had another nice touch pass, quick touch into the lane we'll always go back to that new year's eve game almost a year ago right the suns one where they just let him hold the ball a little bit he made a ton of great decisions everyone's cutting everywhere off of him he's such a great passer and defensively the impact speaks for itself i think his presence out there for much of that second half settled them on that end and he had that crazy sequence where he blocked knee smith and they went running out for the basket the other way off the glass and you know, even the alley-oops that he's thrown down, the putbacks, his rebounding was great on Wednesday. This is about as good as I think you could have expected him to look. Coming back from the layoff that he's been out for, first three games here have all been pretty solid. I think he's getting into the flow of things in terms of the screening offensively that they're doing right now. But he's only going to help them. And you have to think, it's only a matter of time if he can get up to like 25, 30 minutes, hits 22 on Wednesday. You might move him back into that starting yeah. lineup. and same put same
1: this- yeah, yeah, put he, this
0: he, put this he, starting group that was together last year back together. Put White back on the bench and let him figure some things out, or maybe even minimize his minutes if he continues to struggle a little bit. And all of a sudden, you're looking at a roster that uh, has all the pieces from last run and Brogdon off the bench. So you're sort of in your final form at that point. But you're probably going to give him some nights off here. there, let him get his feet under him, manage him to some degree. Uh, but for him to hit 22 and have this, I thought, phenomenal game on Wednesday, yeah. uh, it was really exciting. I think
1: he closed, right? He closed the game.
0: Yep. And double big there. And yeah. so with with he was smart. Yeah. tells
1: was a lot. Uh, it's, I, you know, that's why I, the whole starter, whoever, everybody was like, should Smart be a starter or not? Remember this stupid argument? And I was like, I don't care because at the end of the game, he's one of the five guys on the floor. Like, I don't care if he starts or not. It's for Rob. Um, to him to, to play 22 minutes in his third game back but be one of the five guys left on the floor that's that's pretty big time for Missoula right there to trust him like that um yeah it's scary but in, in a way but at the same time it's like he's just too good like can't you can't keep him off the floor right we're getting to that we're getting to that point
0: i mean he's always had the silliest on off numbers like <laughs> when he's out there they're just crushing teams and even go back and look at the finals he was like what 60 percent of himself at best. And every time the Warriors drove, they were missing in there, and they were getting a lot of putbacks and stuff after. But his his ability to affect shots around the rim is really special. We were talking to then after he returned, and he said there's, there's really no one like him in terms of impacting shots at the rim. Him and Miles Turner, he thought, were two of the best in the league at that. And I know Bucks fans were giving him some heat because he said there's no one he's been able to throw lobs to throughout his career like Rob uh, and. You know, didn't mention Giannis in that conversation. So, I wonder if Giannis heard that and is going to bring that in the Boston yeah, on Sunday.
1: Great. This is just like uh, Wally Zerbiak chirping at Tyrese Halliburton.
0: <laughs> I'm going to guess yeah. just the way it is now, somehow that got back to Giannis. Like, it just always does nowadays. Yeah,
1: I can't believe that. I, do, I blame Wally Zerbiak. And we all knew it was coming. We all knew that Halliburton was going to be unbelievable in the game because... Wally Zerbiak was chirping a little bit. And for him to be like, who's Wally like, yeah. Zerbiak? Can we talk, Um,
0: it's yeah, great. I love Halliburton. He's the lead leaguer and assist. And Hi, uh, the man. He's, he's, he's about to become a top 15 player. And man, that's like, a, I don't know, that came straight. We, we can talk about that another day. But Aaron Neesmith, revenge game in his own style. Like that was the only way Aaron Neesmith could have a revenge game in that style that he did, just chasing down rebounds, Pummeling Brown, trying to chase a loose ball. Had a few baskets. Good shooting night overall, but mostly just running Almost all over Jaylen. the place.
1: Yeah.
0: <laughs> mostly just running all over the place. And, man, Tatum did throw down the dunk of the year from him off his chest and yep. just sent them flying past the stanchion. But They're Neesmith like comes away with I the was, win.
1: That was, they were down, like, what, 20-something that, at that point. And I was like, that was awesome, but, like, I can't feel great because we're down, it's still down, like, 25. This is not yeah.
0: Great. And they come away with the win. So I got to talk to Neesmith for a minute last night, uh, shoot around, and uh, it's great to see him looking a little stronger, looking more confident, kind of talking with some more poise and uh, of a present, more of a presence. He starts last night. It's great to see him performing well because you always felt something was there, just wasn't going to happen in Boston. And I think
1: he just couldn't shoot.
0: Yeah, couldn't shoot. Yeah,
1: he just couldn't shoot. Like I. He gave you all the energy you could possibly want. Uh You know, defensively he'd have lapses, but then he'd just like throw his body around and somehow end up doing something. But he just couldn't shoot. And yeah, it's it, it just like, bro, we can't have you shooting twenty one percent out there. When you, sh- the reason why he was drafted at high was because he was a 50%. and he was
0: always wide open, always. Yeah. So you look back on that pick, they probably got caught up in that stretch he had sophomore year. It was like. 150 shots maybe where he shot 50%. Well, he played like and 17
1: games that that season, right? It, wasn't it that- was a
0: weird COVID shortened year. The draft class, you couldn't work out, guys, the way you normally could. There was no summer league. Uh, the interview process was a little wonky too. So, out of that draft, you get Neesmith, who had promise and didn't pan out. And Pritchard, who I think, you know, for what was it, 26? That's a solid pick there, even though it, the whole league missed Desmond Bain. Um unfortunately the celtics made the trade there that you know the grizzlies took them with that pick that they traded but uh, overall it was tough to not hit after you lost gordon hayward when you really needed a wing to emerge there romeo langford being another miss in that same spot like it just ended up being two costly misses at a spot you really needed at that point Uh, but they've done a good job correcting it since using their picks to acquire depth and sending those guys out which I think it's really one of the bigger reasons they are where they are now.
1: Yeah, I uh, just want to quickly run through upcoming schedule here. Minnesota, uh, as of recording, will be tomorrow night, Friday night. Um, one, one of the weirdest teams this year, uh, no question about that.
0: We are a nightmare.
1: They're they're put like I they're they're I, bad body language all over the place in Minnesota. Um, Milwaukee, obviously, we know the Bucks are coming up. Houston. Uh, you know, who has some fun young talent, I'll tell you that. They got some fun guys.
0: There'll be crazy. another Indiana Magic coming in, yeah. They'll, they'll yeah. sort of bring that style of the Garden.
1: Yeah, I, love J- I like Jabari Smith a lot. I'm, I'm a big fan there. Uh, Clippers, we know got to have a revenge game there. And then a four-game road trip, Denver, OKC, Dallas, San Antonio. So uh, San Antonio, not trying to win anything, but Luca will probably have a backbreaker and uh, buzzer beater in that game. Uh, that'll be on TNT, so that'll definitely happen. But <laughs> uh, City and Shea, Shea's just on a different planet than most people right now. And then Jokic in Denver. There's so a lot of stars coming up here, Bobby. A lot of, a lot of Tatum versus their guy coming up. You have uh, Tatum versus, I guess you could call Anthony Edwards, but Tatum's obviously better than that. Tatum versus Giannis. Tatum versus Paul George or Kawhi. I don't know how we want to do that. Jokic, Shea, Luka, all right in a row.
0: Yeah. And that Christmas one's the one I get circle. This one almost feels overdue. It's almost better that they pushed it ahead to Christmas and you didn't have an earlier matchup between these two teams because Middleton was out. Rob was out. Yeah. Ingles is back. Uh, you'll have smart back for that one, ideally. And it's just going to be these two teams that weren't fully healthy. If you know, Rob was out, Middleton was out in that series, but still played this epic seven game, uh, set back and forth, the three, two comeback really, uh, one of my most exciting two week stretches covering this team, the finals were great. You know, the Brooklyn series was electric in terms of the energy at the building, but in terms of the basketball, the physicality and just how contested that series was between those two teams was really special. And you're looking at them probably as the two best teams this year. Uh, So, you know, you got two good coaches, I think going at it there, Uh, two schemes that I think are really tough defensively on either end and, two great stars at the top between tatum and Giannis, who are just so physically imposing we'll have to guard each other a bit uh, there'll be a lot of action at the rim like that just has all the makings of an epic game We're really a regular season classic this year and you hope everyone can get there on sunday because right now it looks like both teams are going to be healthy and ready to go for that one
1: not too many people can rock a turtleneck mustache and cleft chin at the same time but bobby banning <laughs> He's got that on lockdown. Bobby Manning. Appreciate it, buddy, for joining us on today's show. Of course, you can, real Bobby Manning. Is that what it is? What's your Real Twitter? Bob
0: Manning. B-O-B. Real
1: Bob Manning. There we go. Uh, on Twitter, you can follow the stuff on, on CLNS at Boston Sports Journal. I'm Evan Valenti. Everybody have a happy holidays. Uh, I'm not sure if I'll be here next week, but Adam will definitely be here next week. Um, but, uh, make sure you check out our partners, betonline.ag, uh, CLNS 50. For the 50% uh, bonus when you sign up. But for myself, for Bobby, for Adam, you guys have yourselves a terrific week. And hopefully this season can turn things around. See you guys.